Welcome to Elan Restoration Fellowship, where Jesus is King, HaMelech, Lord, Hashem, and Messiah, Mashiach. And now, Pastor Billy Elias. Revelation chapter 4. Tonight we're going to be talking about speaking the word. Um, yes, we're going to be talking about speaking the word, and we're going to start in verse 1. We did it. We did a nice treatment on it last week, and we're going to continue. After these things, I looked, and there behold, or before me, was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice like a trumpet, which I had heard speaking with me before, said, come up here, and I will show you what must happen after these things. Now, the voice like the trumpet is not the Messiah, Jesus. It was the angel that first introduced himself to John on behalf of the Messiah. Now, one of the big things that we have to understand is this is there's a mystery right here that is created because of Latin, Greek, and English. And, it, and, and, and in this case, it's the, the way words are translated into English where we have an issue, right? So when we look at Yohanan's statement, John, that's for you, Cookie, spoken in Hebrew, what we find is redundancy, okay? Um, because after all, faith comes by hearing. and hearing comes by and how many times he said, incline your ear to listen and throughout revelation one, two, and through three, especially to the seven churches, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He's talking about the building of faith. See, because a strong faith is going to be needed as Revelation chapter 4 comes to a close and Revelation chapter 5 begins. He takes great length, he goes to great length to explain through seven messianic communities in Asia Minor who's doing what right, who's not, and who the best one is, and this is the one to emulate. Right? We know Philadelphia was the number one. Sardis and Laodicea, they were horrible. Horrible. Okay. Horrible. <laughs> Horrifying and horrible. I made up my own word. Well, they do it, so I'm going to do it. How did it go? Horrible. Okay. So, what we find in verse number one is two words that are hidden. You know exactly what they are, but when I when we go through this progression, you're going to be amazed. Absolutely amazed. Okay. So there's two phrases and I have them highlighted. It says, after these things, and then speaking with me. Now, when we talk about a progression and how things went awry during translation, you can, I, I highlighted them in Hebrew, so there's not going to be a doubt. Okay. There's two words. Okay, one is Ha Debarim, and the other one is Midbar. That's the words. Okay, so when we look at these two words, again, if you're not familiar with Hebrew, then you're not going to know exactly what in the world they mean, and that's perfectly fine. So, what we have to do is when we look at how they were interpreted as these things and speaking with me. What we need to do is now look at what these two words mean, Devarim and Midbar. Um, and then in that, we're going to find something that is absolutely, incredibly 
historically amazing. Because here, in those two words, God is speaking of Torah. He's flat out speaking of two books in Torah. And the two books, when we go, when you see this, give us a road map. It is the ultimate spiritual GPS to exactly what's going to happen when we go from, at, when we leave Revelation chapter 4. He has made it so abundantly clear, but only to those who have ears that they could hear it, that they could see it. This is that moment after we spoke about Gimel, remember, and humility and, and, and um, justice and, and um, giving and these things. We have to, at this moment, be humble like the church in Philadelphia to say, I am going to incline my ear and I'm going to hear what you, Hashem, are saying to the churches, not what man wants you to say. Not one man wants to make it sound like. We need to know truth. Because let's not forget, and I said it last week, the popular doctrine at the time the Messiah came was that he was going to overthrow Caesar, he was going to wrap their armies, and he was going to become king of Israel. But no one expected... A Messiah coming in peace first, not at that time. Although theology said that's how it was going to happen. Theology, the popular theology at the time, which is why so many had an issue, was because popular theology replaced true theology. That's why so many were like, that's why his disciples were like, are you really the son of God? Because you're not coming the way everybody said you were. You see, and that's why it took three years. Yeah. He took three years and he was slow and he was patient to the point when he was finally arrested and brought before the Sanhedrin. And they said, are you the son of God? He goes, you just said it, not me. And they knew. And at that moment, it was like, you're done. You just made a decision that has sealed your soul to the abyss because you know who I am. You've known for a long time. But you're the ones that falsify and perpetrate this false idea of what the Messiah is supposed to be because you don't have ears to hear. So when we talk about defining these, we're going to, like I said, there's a profound statement that we're going to uncover. Okay. And it has everything to do with the seven messianic synagogues in Asia Minor, which we know today is Turkey. Okay? So, when we go to page two, I'm going to look at something. What? Oh, page five. Sorry. Right. Well, it's page two. But. Okay. So, Ha Devarim. Ha Devarim. Okay. These are the words. Right? It is how you would say Deuteronomy in Hebrew. 
Okay. You want you all know the book of Deuteronomy? Well, guess what? It's right there. After these things, Hadevarim. After Deuteronomy. That's what it says. That's what it says. Devarim is how you say these things. These are the words in Hebrew. So what happens in verse 1. So when you look at verse 1 and it says after these things. They will say. And they translate it from Latin to Greek that it's English. Well the Hebrew translation would say. After these words, these are the words. So when you look at the book of Deuteronomy, which we have in English, its Hebrew name is Devarim. It's the same exact oh. word. Oh, exactly. The same word. Oh, these are the words. So these are, right? So it's, in, it's, it's translated after these things, but it's the same exact word. D. A B A R. Mm -hmm. These are the words. So what we automatically see is there's a mistranslation. Okay. Now, when we look in verse one and it says, I heard a voice like a trumpet speaking with me. Everybody sees that, right? The word that Yohanan uses is midbar. Midbar. Okay. That's how you say numbers, the book of numbers in Hebrew, mm -hmm. ben midbar. But what it means is to speak from the desert. Mm -hmm. So right away in verse one, God is going out of his way to say what? These are the words that I speak to you in the wilderness. Think about that. These are the words, These are the things that I speak. If you look at the book of Deuteronomy and you look at the book of Numbers, those are the two of the five that outline in its fullest capacity Israel's sins, where they went wrong how they disobeyed Hashem, why they got into trouble. It outlines all of it. Because God is saying, these are the two books that I gave to Israel in the wilderness. Because they weren't going to the promised land. Because they had already sinned. And I could not allow any of them to go to the promised land. Come on, now see, you see this? Until what? Until the last one died and the next generation was to take control and go. And it was read, led by the man Joshua, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua. Right. So it takes a Yeshua to cross into the promised land. Okay? So when you look at these two books, man, he's saying, now... Your job is to teach the next generation how to survive in the wilderness. Because isn't that really what's going to happen in Revelation? The church is being thrown into the wilderness. That's exactly what's going to happen. 
That's what's going to happen. We're going to be thrown into the lion's den. We're going to be thrown into the place of Baal, of all the ites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the whole lot of them. We're going to be thrown into a world steeped in pagan paganism, steeped in witchery, steeped in blood demonism, steeped in all of it. It is going to have completely devolved. And when the church is sent there to stand for righteousness, we are going to be in a wilderness. So what he does is he gives us these things to prepare us to prepare our children. The problem with the rapture in chapter 4 is people think, I don't need to know really anything else because I'm not going to be here. That's why he says continually, let him who has an ear, let him hear what I say to the seven churches. Right. He's speaking it straight out. Two Hebrew words, which are books that are misinterpreted and removed from the draft. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine if we actually called in Christendom the third book of the Bible being Bemidbar, we call it Numbers, if we actually called it Bay Midbar and then someone went and read this, oh yeah, now I get it. But we don't. We call it something different. So, what we have to understand is when we talk about Elecha Devarim, which is Elecha Devarim, which is these are the words in Hebrew. If you read Deuteronomy, right, 1 verse 1, it starts these are the words. That is the opening phrase in Hebrew. Hmm. That's the opening phrase. Ele ha devarim. These are the words. Which is, what the word Which is exactly what it should say hmm. in Revelation. That's why John wrote it. We just changed it. Everybody with me? Yeah. Right? So, one of the things about these are the words, he's reminding them later on in chapter 5 or in verse 8 and verse 7 um these are the words that i spoke to the prophet ezekiel mm -hmm. that i spoke to the prophet isaiah mm -hmm. and i spoke to the prophet amos and all i'm doing as john sees it you read it you've heard it you've inclined your ear now i'm showing you mm -hmm. All you're seeing right now, John, is what I spoke to Isaiah, Amos, and Ezekiel. That's what you're seeing, what I spoke to the prophets. Mm. Because what is the job of a prophet? The Nevi'im. Ne the, uh, the Nevi'im. Yeah, the Nevi'im. Nabi, in Hebrew, means to speak with fruitful lips. The prophet's job was to speak God's word and be fruitful with it. Okay? That's what a prophet was for. So when a prophet says, oh, I'm, you know, 60% accurate, you're not a prophet. You're not close. Right? I've heard it. I am. Oh, I'm 40%. I'm 40%. Oh, then you're not a prophet. I'm sorry. Okay? These were prophets. They were the mouthpieces. They were the oracles of Hashem. They were held in high esteem, which is why they were getting their heads lopped off and boiled in oil. And look at Jeremiah, that poor dude. He just didn't know how to quit. 
right? But the point here is he's saying these are the words that I spoke to the prophets and Yohanan, I'm allowing you to see it. So there's no doubt in your mind because faith comes through and hearing through. So his faith carried him to the gate. His faith allowed him to see what was unfolding in heaven. And it's a call to the church to say, you need to teach faith. Thank you. You need to awaken your faith. And it's the same concept here. Right? Um, The book of Deuteronomy, Devarim, is considered the synoptic gospel of the first five. Okay, it goes the whole entire thing. Yes, the book of Deuteronomy is considered the synoptic gospel of all of them. Right, it's all condensed into one. It's the brief overview, but it adds a lot of different things. So people are often, you know, there's a Hebraic faith. It's it's really kind of awesome. The gospel of Genesis, the gospel of Exodus, the gospel of Leviticus, the God, they've been calling the Torah, the gospel, not in an English word. They've been saying that for thousands of years. Okay. And I don't want to go on a tangent, but when any king would proclaim a proclamation, it was called a gospel. It's not like they made the word up again. It's not like it was some earth shattering thing. No, they would make their proclamation. You saw it in Robin Hood, rightly. Nailed it on the tree, right? Robin Hood is a thief and whatever. That's a proclamation. That's the gospel, okay? So that's the good news. That's what it means. So anyway, so that's the book of De Hadevari. Crazy, right? These are the words. These are the words of the prophets. Now, let's do our favorite midbar. Now, first, before we do that, let's read Revelation 4, 5. I love it because when we're talking about what is chapter 4 really about, okay? Well, Revelation 4, 5 says, from the, th- from the throne, now this is John seeing this and then writing it, from the throne came forth lightnings, voices, and thunderings. And before the throne were seven flaming torches, which are the sevenfold spirit of God. We spoke about the sevenfold spirit of God, the spirit of, um, yes, the spirit of knowledge, wisdom, fear of the Lord, the seven, right. So that's the sevenfold spirit of God. Revelation 4, 8, holy, holy, holy is Hashem, God of heaven's armies, the one who was, who is, and who is coming. Okay. So in Revelation 4, 8, what we see is this is like I said, Isaiah records this in chapter 6, verse 2. So this is what John is seeing. You see what I mean? So now he's hearing and he's seeing. He's hearing and he's seeing. That's important. So when we look at where it says, speaking with me after he heard the voice like a trumpet, right? And again, now what I like is in verse one, 
he says, I heard a voice like a trumpet that I heard speaking with me. And then in verse five, he said, I heard voices and thunderings. And before the throne were seven flaming torches, which are the sevenfold spirit of God. Okay. And then he later says, holy, holy, holy is Adonai. He's hearing these things. He's hearing them and he's seeing them. Okay. Because faith also has a lot to do with sight now yeah. in this particular case. So when he talks about speaking with me, Numbers chapter 1, verse 1, we're going to read it exactly. This is the first line in Numbers 1, verse 1. Ve'et the bar Hashem al Moshe be'et midbar. Now, it is about speaking. The bar in Hebrew means to speak. That's what it means. It's the root of of Debarim, Bar, the Debar, de Debarim, yeah. and it's the root of Midbar, meaning to speak. Now, if you read this, it says Adonai spoke to Moshe in the Sinai desert. Here is where it takes off, baby, because the Hebrew word for desert is Be Midbar. <gasps> A gasp. He's speaking from the desert. The desert yeah. So when John writes in Revelation, he's speaking with me. He uses the Hebrew word for desert. The desert, the place where they remove distraction. That's the place where God sends you to remove distraction so you can hear yeah. him speaking. That's why debar, to speak, is the root of the word wilderness. Right? So the word for numbers is be, midbar, meaning to come from speaking in the wilderness. So what is John saying in Revelation 1? He's not only speaking with me, he's speaking to me from the wilderness and he's showing me where the church is going to go. But he gives us a twofold warning. He says, I am using Debarim, Deuteronomy, and Bar because in those two books we find the failures. And since there's nothing new under the sun, those two books are going to repeat itself from chapter 5 to the end. The same struggles that Israel had, which is why I had to keep having the issues with them, is the same struggles that we're going to have starting in Revelation chapter 5. There's nothing new under the sun. But we make things new when we come up with all these crazy ideas. One of the things that we have to understand, okay, is this is not a warning of immediate consequence. That's what some people think. It's not a warning of immediate consequence when he writes to the seven assemblies. Because he says to them, you still have time to change. Right. Okay? We are in that stage. We have not, and I've said this before, we have not left Revelation chapter 3 yet. We are still the seven churches. Now, where we fit in, if you're going to look at the Church of America, we fit in with the church in Laodicea. As despicable and, on, I mean, it's just horrifying. But the point being is, even in that, 
God made it a point to say, even in Sardis, there are a few who are still clothed in white, right? There's still that remnant. And what God is doing now is raising the remnant. And I hate to say to set the record straight on his word that he spoke all the way 6,000 years ago when he said, let there be light. When he took Moses to Sinai and said, Moses, I'm going to give you the books. Here they are. This is it. And he's saying, we need to right the ship. We need to now go back. We have to incline our ears and he who ears, let them hear. That's what the wilderness is all about. That's why in John's verbiage, he's saying, we're going back into the wilderness. Where was John, by the way? He was on the Isle of Patmos. He was cut off. John was in the wilderness. And again, now understand in Revelation 1, it says, I was... With the Lord, on the, well, I don't remember the verbiage, but he says, I'm there on the day of the Lord. He was celebrating Rosh Hashanah by his lonesome <laughs> in the wilderness. But listen, nobody saw him. Nobody listened to him. I mean, sure, there were, there were soldiers there and all that, but he was put in isolation. They didn't want him speaking to anybody because he'd convert them. So... He's put into he's put into a place of seclusion, his own personal wilderness. So what does he do? He gets on his knees on Rosh Hashanah and he celebrates, even though he can't celebrate, he celebrates the best he can. And then God says, come here. And he pulls him up because he was humble in the wilderness. He got to see the promised land. Nothing new under the sun. Deuteronomy in Numbers is the ultimate spiritual GPS for Israel to get to the promised land. That's what Revelation is. It's the ultimate GPS for those who don't believe to get to the promised land. And if you don't want to go to the promised land, you don't have any more chances once this kicks off. So as a church, we need to take a sense of urgency when it comes to this book, when it comes to Revelation, and stop playing around. Because let me tell you something, when this thing kicks off, you know how hard it's going to be to convert people? Well, one of the things, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end here, okay? Um, in Revelation chapter 4, verse 11, it says, You are worthy. Adonai Eloheinu, to have glory, honor, and power because you created all things. Chapter 411. Because you created. Created. Bara or bara. Guess what the root word for bereshit is? Bara, create. Bereshit, you should know, is the book of, that's the name of the book of Genesis. Genesis yeah. In the beginning, God created. Okay? Bear sheet contains two words. Rosh, as in Rosh Hashanah, and Bara, as in create. So the opening phrase of the entire Torah, and what we know is the Bible, is God saying in the beginning, 
was the head, Amicha Aleph, because I am the beginning, and I am the great covenant, and I am the creator. So that's why Revelation 4.11, again, is important, and I've said it, and I'm going to continue to say it to the day I die. If you have an issue with creation, then you are not going to understand this, and you're not going to be right. You will not be right with Hashem if you question His creation. Pastor Billy will continue his message in just a moment. If you would like more information about sermon series, books, and other study materials, you can call us at 732-314-1956, or you can email us at elanrestoration at gmail.com. You can visit us on Facebook for Shabbat and service times. And now we conclude today's message with Pastor Billy. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Um, Father, we give you glory and we give you praise and we thank you, Lord. We ask for your blessings and your peace. And as always, from the book of Numbers, we say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you shalom, peace. In the precious name of Jesus, the Messiah, we pray. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Billy Elias. Pastor Billy is the founder and pastor of Elon Restoration Fellowship in Toms River, New Jersey. Join us again as Pastor Billy bridges the gap between the Old and New Covenants. And as always, may the Lord bless you with peace. Peace.